Infinity being the key to power and authority. Amen. Are we ready, Miss Maestro? Father, we do thank and praise you for the word. We thank you for the people here today. Lord, we just thank you for blessing us. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you and we praise you for such a time as this, calling us at this time. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this end times. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we're talking about unity and how Jesus expects us to be a unified body. Amen. Now, how do we know this? Because we have Colossians 2, if you'll turn there, verse 13 through 15. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is the supreme head of the church. So what he says goes, right? But the head is totally dependent on the body. So that's our proof that we're supposed to work together in unity because the unified body or the the church that's on one accord, that's where the power is. That's what started the early church in the book of Acts. It wasn't one man doing his own thing, but it was uh, all of the people submitting to God and waiting Just being obedient, waiting for the the Holy Spirit to come forth. Amen. And they were in unity on one accord. The Bible says on one accord. And they, they waited. They were in the spirit. They loved God. They all had the same, uh, um, they were on the same wavelength. I'll put it like that. Mentally, they were on the same wavelength. And they were, uh, just expecting something, really didn't know what, but they were expecting, and they they wanted the power of God. God knew it. He didn't let them down. The power of God always always shows up when there's unity, because where there's unity, there's strength. Hallelujah. Some people think there's strength in numbers. There's strength in unified hearts, unified minds. Amen. So that's why I don't want to get in unsync. Or however you would put it. I want to stay in sync. However you want to put that. I want to stay with what the people of God, the true church, the end time handmaidens, end time bride. I want to do what they're doing. I want to think like them. I want to act like them. I want to receive like them. I want everything that God has for me in these last days. People talk about warfare, but you cannot do warfare if you're not unified. Amen. You must have unity in the church. So Colossians 2 verse 13, it says, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with, wait a minute, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all your trespasses. And that word alive means quicken. So we have been quickened together with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see. That was 13. 14 says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed, and that some Bibles say spoiled, principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. 
Amen. So in other words, he wiped out. (laughs) He wiped out. In other words, he washed. Amen. Sins. He obliterated sin. Amen. And so this is just something that we have to know and understand and respect. And we are one in Christ Jesus. That's ultimately what this scripture is telling us. We are one. Amen. Jesus went to the cross so that he could exercise, so that we could exercise our authority over the enemy. He said, I must go that you live and that you do exceedingly and abundantly. You'll do exploits and greater things. And so he didn't mean that you do better than him. A lot of people think that's what that means. When I was in religion, I thought that too. But what he says is you'll do greater things in greater numbers. And you'll do more. You'll do more um, miracles than he did. Why? Because there's more people now than it was then. And so he's just speaking. Jesus always spoken to the future, if you ever remember that. He's spoken to the future. And he was letting us know what's expected of us to do many, many more miracles than he did. Greater miracles. And to it at a, a, a greater level. Greater level, greater degree. And so we can do that. Most of us think we can't because we don't know our authority. But he, he's given us that authority. Why? Because we're one with him. We never go out and minister or try to lay hands on the sick by ourselves. We have him with us because we are one. The head can't do anything without the body. And so whenever you uh, do anything in, in Jesus' name, know that he is with you. You are not doing it alone. Amen. So Christ has spoiled principalities already. And that's another thing. It's an already done deal. He's done all of these things already. All we have to do is mimic what he does. The enemy has been disarmed because we are seated with him in heavenly places. We're even with Christ. We're seated with him. And so we he doesn't have to give us his permission. He's already done that. He's even disarmed the enemy already. He's already done that for us. All we have to do is trust in what he says. Know that he's with us. How do we know he's with us? Because we are one. Stool. We are one with him. And so um, we're not doing this alone. That's one thing that the church makes a mistake, thinking that we're doing all of this by ourselves. We're not. Jesus is with us. He's disarmed principalities and powers for us. All we have to do is just take action. Amen. Run to the battle. Take ground and hold it. That's all we need to do in his name. Because we're not alone. He's already did these things for us. Thank you. And if it's already done, all we have to do is is carry it out in faith. It's like this. Do we believe it? And if we believe it, then we do what he did and do many more things in greater numbers. But we must have unity of heart, unity of mind. We must be in unity. Amen. The church has to get in unity. Hallelujah. So it's no big eyes and little U's. That's what my pastor used to call it back in the day, where some people's got more power than the other. Or some people are more anointed than the other. It don't work like that. If if I'm the the if I'm the the thumb, you the finger. 
or if you want to be the finger i'll be the thumb but we're all equally you know god's given all of us the same thing amen and anointings don't belong to just one or two people it belongs to god we really can't claim (laughs) we can't claim anything that's of god he's given us gifts and i think we'll cover that in a minute he's given us good gifts he's given good gifts to the church i'll put it like that but they don't belong to one specific individual does that make sense it belongs to the church because it's he gave the gifts he may have given sister so-and-so may be an apostle and sister avis may be a prophet and then they have uh sister nola may be a why are you laughing back there <laughs> what is he doing i didn't hear him i knew it was something when he heard sister avis being a, an apostle that messed his head up a prophet and nola could be a uh what an evangelist or whatever but he these gifts may be given to people in the church but they're to benefit the church they don't they're not gifts are not to benefit that one individual they're given to benefit she's still laughing they're given to benefit the whole church it'll be okay Amen. See, it must be some truth to that. (laughs) So Christ has spoiled principalities and powers. Amen. And we are seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, which is a position of authority. So see, that's another way you know that authority hath been given unto us. Because the right hand at the right side, that's a position of authority. Amen. But the body of Christ need the whole body to exercise this authority it's not just for some people it's for everybody every believer that's the only requirement is that you are a believer and if you're a believer you can exercise this authority at any time amen and the work the work has already been done but we must exercise it we must speak it you know to show our faith we must um Carry it out in the natural, and we'll do greater works than Jesus did. That's what the the Bible says. Amen. So Christ does everything through his body. In other words, he can't do anything without us. There's um, There's warfare to be fought, but he's looking for us to do it. And if we're going to do it, we can't do it ununified. We must have, we, we're a unified body. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Hallelujah. Get up. 1 Corinthians 12. We are a unified body. Now, why do we need to do this? We do it to carry out the will of God. This is not man's idea. This is the will of God to fight and wage a good warfare. We're doing this because of the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, God wants every devil's neck under your foot. Amen. He wants every devil. Uh, um, what do you do when you take somebody's power from the disarmed? 
He wants, he wants us to continue this, continue in his name and occupy until he comes. He wants us to hold these people back, you know, so that the glory can come. The glory of the Lord, the harvest, it's harvest time. So we have to fight devils just so God's will to be done. First Corinthians 12 verse 12. Hallelujah. And it says, for as the body is one, and as many mem- has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So although we're, there are many members, we're still one body. So also is Christ. Amen. Let's see. Let's go to 13. It says, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. <clears throat> and I have that underlined. Um, whether Jews or Greek, whether slave or free, and have <clears throat> and and have all been made to drink into the spirit in, into one spirit, drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is one is not one member but many. So it's just letting us know who we really are. Amen. It says in fifteen. If the foot shall say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore, is it therefore not of the body? If the foot says, I am not a hand, that's a question to you. It's still of the body. Amen. 16 says, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where there be, uh, where there <clears throat> would be the hearing, <clears throat> excuse me, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. You know, this scenario is just being turned around in every way. So you can see there, we are all one no matter what. No matter what component you represent. No matter what gift you are. We are still one body. And every, every member... It's needed to carry out the will of God. Are y'all here? It makes sense, doesn't it? Every member is needed to carry out the will of God. And that's for every piece, those people that think they're insignificant. You are needed to complete the body. Everybody's gift is, is important. And it's a good gift. Why? Because it's from God. Amen. So we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew nor Greek, you know, and all have been made to drink into one spirit or of one spirit. Let's keep going. Uh, let's see. We started at 12, right? Let's go to, let's do 20 through 28. <clears throat> But now indeed there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And that's what I was just saying. No matter if you have a gift 
no matter how insignificant you think you are. You know, it doesn't matter if you never uh, preached or taught a sermon or written a book. That doesn't matter. That doesn't make you who you are. What makes you who you are is being a part of the body, being called by God. Each one of us have been called by our individual name. And so God loves us equally. You're not less important than anybody. And I don't care in this church, in uh, T.D. Jakes' church, in anybody, we are no less. We're not the lesser. Amen. But we are all needed uh, equally to get the will of God done. Amen. There's so many people out there that need the Lord. And so we need to obey God and do what he has called us to do because we're all significant. Even if you go, if you're on your way home and you stop at the post office, you pray for somebody. Do you know that's written in, in the, the book of life? That's written down in heaven and the people are rejoicing. Maybe nobody from your flock saw you or treat you like you're significant, but God saw you. And those people in heaven, heaven are rejoicing when you led that person to the Lord or gave them a kind word, told them Jesus loved them. It's so significant. And so I'm, I'm just so thankful. You know, in a traditional church, some of you probably don't even know where I'm coming from. But in the traditional church, they said no big eyes and little youths, but there were. Like sister so-and-so always did the prayer. Then sister, other sister so-and-so always did the this. And then nobody else could do the offering but sister so-and-so. But see, God is saying that's, that's why tradition is, is tearing churches down. Because it's not fair. They don't think fairly. And they don't treat everybody like they're significant to God. Everybody is significant to God. Amen. Uh, Rachel could do the offering. And, and, and it can be anointed and... You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's, but see, you'd be surprised at how many churches operate like that. And so God loves us all and he wants to hear what we all have to say. And you know, another thing, this is what the Lord was showing me too. We all have a significant role in this end times. I think God is preparing us for the end times. Amen. And I believe this is why teachings like this is so important in this hour because he wants everybody to know that they they have a significant part to play in the end time in this end time harvest there's somebody waiting with your name on it their salvation with your name on it that nobody can do but you amen and that's just the way it is you know you may see somebody on the elevator that is in your group at your your job and God has your name on their salvation and you might get your opportunity going down the elevator you might not want to minister it in front of all your people but God will give you a specific time you know to do that and so I just believe that God puts us strategically in certain places to get certain jobs done it's just like um, I know Chuck ministers to all of her people. And she woke up. <laughs> I caught her. I caught her. It's okay, Chuck. It's okay. And, she, and But nobody else can be in those places but her at that specific time. Uh, just like you retired. 
from your job. I bet all those people knew you were a Christian and you prayed with them from time to time because that had your name on it. That God put you strategically there. Now he's putting you in a new place and the beat goes on. It starts all over again. And that's how God does. You know, he he uses and see that should let us know how important we are to him. Um, I just want to use this as an example, another example, like when April prayed for those, remember those two supervisors that had cancer? You prayed for both. You're not there anymore, right? But God had you there at that specific place or a specific time to speak life to those men, and they got their healing, cancer-free. And so it's just like you may think you're at a job that you hate. <laughs> no uh, pun intended. <laughs> But God has you there for a specific reason, and when you leave, he'll give you another specific place to go. You know, and, and everybody has an important job to do. It's not just specific people. God, God trusts all of us with his anointing and with his power, or he wouldn't say that he's, uh, what did he say, He, he um, principalities, He's four principalities and powers, and he gave us the baton. He handed, and that just not specific people. He handed that baton to everybody. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that we can flow and function in somebody else's. I'm not trying to be a uh, prophet. That's Pastor Barb's uh, area. I'm not trying to do that, but I'm trying to function where I function, you know, with with my um whatever I do. Word, God works with me through a word of knowledge. And so that's what, that's that's the only way I know how to function. I'm not trying to function in any other capacity and as a pastor. And that's what I do. I'm not trying to function in somebody else's. That's not, but I'm not saying that we can, because we're all the same, you can function in somebody else's capacity. That's not what I'm saying. But you understand what I'm saying. But you're anointed in a different way. And and the anointing that you carry is important, just like a a prophet, an evangelist, or a um, you know, whatever else there is in the body, a pastor or, you know, you're just as important. We're all important because we all are glory carriers. We're glory carriers. Amen. And I think this is why God is so intense on getting us to spend time with him. He's holding back. Now, we're living in Amos 9:13 season where, you know, things are going to be happening so fast, your head will swim, and he's blessing us. But I think God still wants us to spend time with him. And so God is making that perfectly clear that he wants us to spend time with him because he's trying to get us from one level to another. Some things he's releasing, some things he's not. But we have to go to another level. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But trust me, God is doing a thorough work, a good work in all of our lives, and he is using the church. Amen. So it's necessary. We're all necessary as part of the body of Christ. And we need one another. We need unity to wage a good warfare. Amen. We are not each other's enemies. We, we are one. We are one. Amen. And whenever you feel like that, tell the devil to shut up. Amen. That's what I do. Make him shut his mouth. Because, see, he doesn't want a bunch of believers. Do you think the devil was happy to see them with 120 people up in that upper room? 
He probably lied to them because I think they waited for hours up there. He probably told all of them so many lies about one another because he didn't want the glory to fall, but he's a liar and it fell anyway. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Because God is so good. And see, they stayed there. Oh, sorry. They stayed there and they did the will of the Father. They did the will of God, and they didn't move, and I'm I'm glad I wasn't there. I probably would have been saying, you know, what, what are we waiting on? <laughs> what are we waiting on? But each one, they kind of got something from one another. You know how the anointing is, and, you know, I'll use an example like that quiet hush that comes on people, and everybody just say, okay, well, this is working. I'm just going to roll with this. And, you know, that's what, I think that's the way it was back there. It was that holy hush or the quiet hush that people come under because they know that the glory is there. And and they were expecting something even greater, and greater did come. And so I think it's just so exciting. We're living in those times. That's where we are. We're living in those times where God is doing exceedingly and abundantly. He's doing greater things and so are we but in that quiet time god is dealing with our hearts he's dealing with our flesh our minds he's dealing with our hearts he's we're living in this time right now i think some of you would agree if you think about it and he is um teaching us by his spirit to be patient in him and wait on him and I know he's disconnecting and connecting and reconnecting. And all we need to do is just let God have his way. Amen. Amen. So let's see. So we're to wage a good warfare and to do the will of God. And God is, I think we're in that teaching process right there. Now the church equals Christ and the body. That's what, who the church is. If somebody would ask you a simple question like, well, who is the church? You say, uh, well, uh, but it's, it's us and Christ. It's the body of believers and Christ. And that's who makes up the church. So it's us and him because we're uh, seated with him in heavenly places. Wherever the head is, there's the body also. So we sit together. That's why we sit together in heavenly places with him. Amen. We sh- uh, let's see. Mm. We shall use Christ's authority, and we shall share His throne. So it is important to know and to understand who we are in Him, and it's also important to know our positioning in the church, because we are positioned with him amen so we know that god causes things to work together for our good but he also causes people and situations to work together sometimes circumstances for our own good in other words he works out uh, circumstances for our own good also not just situations but circumstances too for the good but we need one another we still need one another. I can't stress that enough. I think it, uh, uh, in these end times to come, we're going to see just how much we need one another. Amen. That's, that's going to be a, a 
that's a given already i think the prophet the widow and the oil and i was uh listening to uh waller a couple weeks ago and he he made a uh he didn't preach on this but he made uh he mentioned the prophet the prophet the widow and the oil when he was preaching i can't remember exactly what he was preaching about because when i heard that i just my head blew up and that's really all I heard. You know, he was preaching about something else, but that's all I heard. I heard the prophet, the widow, and the oil. And so I just kicked it around a little bit in my head. And, and so the next day, the Lord was showing me how just about this unity thing. He said that was unity. He says, and the end time church must have unity, just like if that prophet hadn't stopped by the widow's house to give her a word because she needed a word from god her sons were about to be sold to pay for land that her husband couldn't pay off because he died and they were about to go under they didn't have food they had nothing and so uh the she needed a word from god god has the prophet come by to give her that word she needed that word was what do you have she said nothing then she says well little bit of oil and he said go get it and so after she went and got that oil then he said go borrow from your neighbors meaning you're not in this alone because this breakthrough is also for your neighbors see whenever god takes you to a higher level or a different level when he starts doing something it's not just for us he's doing something if you start to look or to ask god he'll show you where your situation is moving forward and so is others others close to you others that are attached to you their situations are moving in the same direction yours are because that's how god works and so he wanted to prosper her but she needed somebody else and when the prophet went to her house he told her go borrow the vessel so that included somebody else and so this little thing i know i didn't say um, you know he mentioned the widow the the prophet the widow and the oil but i when i was reading it and i was meditating on it a few days ago i saw something her sons went and got those vessels she needed them too because so they were it was a family that whole thing it included a lot of other people so the sons she had two sons they went and and got the vessels actually got them but it it does say that in the word but it didn't emphasize on them too much just that they were about to be sold (laughs) but but the son she needed the sons to go and confiscate the the vessels so when they brought the vessel back, she was needed to pour the vessel because the anointing was really on her. And when she poured, she poured out the oil, the anointing increased and increased and increased as she continued to pour. And when she asked her sons for more vessels and there were no more, then she knew that it was time to stop but had they gone and found other vessels she could have kept pouring and what that means to me is that your anointing is never cut off what you do for god is never limited the more she poured the more uh oil would have came out of that 
that container and it was uh, olive oil that's another thing <laughs> it was olive oil you know something that the back then that's what they used to, to cook and to do everything with and so god is saying in this hour and i believe he's saying so much in this hour if we pay attention but he is saying that one blessing is connected to another blessing, connected to another blessing, connected to another person. When he starts to pour out like that, which he is, we're in that season. And I think this is connected to Amos 9:13, where he's pouring out. It's not just for us, but it's for others too. Because you couldn't have got where you are by yourself. I know I couldn't. Amen. And so none of us are in this alone. That's what I'm trying to say. We're a unified body. And when he blesses one, he blesses. He starts to bless everybody. Now, we all want to be first. I want to be first, too. But, you know, he has to start somewhere. Let's start. Let's uh, turn to first. Second Kings. I just want to read that right quick. Second Kings four. Hallelujah. And it's just going to take me a minute. I hope. I hope I read better than I did with that other stuff. <laughs> she caught that. Okay. Second Kings 4 verse 1 through 7. It says a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord. You know he was a God fearing man. God let him die. What you going to do for me? And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slave. So Elisha said to her what shall i do for you tell me what do you have in your house and she said uh your ma- your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil then he said go borrow vessels from everywhere um some bibles say your neighbor from all your oh it does if all your neighbors empty vessels and do not gather just a few And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass. When the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons will live on the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's just uh, an example that I thought God gave me of how. The body needs one another. It didn't just happen to her. Now, I hope you know that she shared that oil with those neighbors. She had to because there was oils in those vessels. And she paid her bills. And I'm sure she shared because the oil was just not for her. 
but it was a joint effort. It took a group effort, just like it does in the church. Amen. Hallelujah. I think I like that, that little thing. There is no value. She saw no value in herself. That's a, another point that uh, I think uh, Waller made, that she had no value in herself. And I think he was talking about when she said, I have nothing. She thought she had nothing. In other words, I'm nothing. I'm just here waiting on the people to come and get my kids. You know, sometimes you have to know and understand that God has not left you and that he never leaves you with nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. And the prophet Elisha asked her, what shall I do for you? Amen. So whenever you need something, always speak up. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see where are we going from here. <clears throat> the prophet's reward. Want to talk a little bit about that. The prophet's reward. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> she received the prophet's reward. Why? Because she believed him. She obeyed him. <clears throat> she didn't give him a whole lot of mouth. Like some people probably would have. Well, you know, it's just some oil and that's all I have and, you know, whatever. But she gladly obeyed the prophet because he had her. He was her solution. You know, he had the word from God. But it, it was a joint effort, the body working together. But still, she received the prophet's reward. Amen. Now, let's see. We must work in unity, the church. Because we are one body. I said all of that. Working together for one common goal. And Elisha's instructions prove that. Amen. They proved, his instructions prove that all things work together for the good. Amen. But everybody has a part. Let's see, am I moving too fast? <clears throat> so in other words, another thing um, I believe... Um, Elisha pushed that woman out of her comfort zone. Some of us, some of us need to be pushed out of our comfort zone. Amen. Because the, the blessings are here. It's just that some of us need to get out of the boat. Amen. Move out of our comfort zone and use our faith. Sometimes we can put our faith in a comfort zone. I know I have and I did for many years. Didn't know what I was doing, but that's what I was doing. Amen. In other words, it's it's like this. If you've been doing something and doing something and it's not working, do something different. Move out of your comfort zone. Lengthen your cords and and trust God more. Use your faith more or to a greater degree. Sometimes it depends on what you want. It's going to take a whole lot. If it's going to take a whole lot, in other words, if it's going to take a miracle and God does miracles every day, give him some miracle faith. Move out of that boat. Get out of that place of of uh, security. If you don't feel funny when you are doing something, if you don't feel strange doing it, you're not you're still in your comfort zone. But if you're doing something new, new will come. Ain't that something? New will come. Something new and different will come. 
Amen. And so this is why we get that because we move out of our comfort zone and we start pressing into God for something that you really want. That's how it shows up. It shows up because you pray, you come out of your comfort zone and you say, God, you got to move. It's like I told him, I said, Lord, you're going to have to just move me out of this house. That's why I said, you're going to have to send the people. You're going to have to be my real estate agent and just move me out of here. Amen. And he's doing that. Praise God. So, you know, sometimes you just have to challenge yourself. See, now that widow was not in a position to challenge herself because it was so much fear connected to her situation because she was afraid her sons were going to be picked up any day so that's why and god is a merciful god he sent a prophet amen or she called him or whatever her her husband her husband uh worked with him at some point Uh, i don't know how they were connected but i know they were connected by god and so god knew she needed uh, a word amen but we have to sometimes do something new. Amen. God will always put people in your life who will challenge you so your destiny won't die. And that's usually the prophet that we want to really slap. Because they, I'm just saying, because they challenge us to move out of, you know, they're going to keep on on you until you do something different. Amen. It's like, won't they leave me alone? Because it, your destiny is connected to them slapping you. <laughs> and so, hey, I'm just trying to figure out this stuff, you know, give you an example of what I'm saying. But you know it's the truth. And But you know what? But dest- your destiny, see, a prophet is not going to allow your destiny to go stale. They're going to stay on you. And you're going to either straighten up or... Fly right, fly fly wrong, whatever. But you have to move out of your comfort zone. Amen. Because you, and see this, I'm I'm just trying to explain what I'm saying. That prophet challenged that woman. She wasn't thinking about that oil. Amen. Because she had already told him, I have nothing except a little oil. Her faith wasn't in that oil. She was worried about somebody coming, getting her boys. And so she, but he moved her out of her comfort zone when she had to tell those sons, go get those vessels. Think about how she must have felt. <sighs> Here you talking about some vessels. Just gone next door. She didn't want to do that. Her heart wasn't in it. But she obeyed the prophet and she received the prophet's reward. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why it's always obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Now, what is the prophet's reward? Prophet's reward is health and healing. We all need to remember this. It's wealth and the end of debt. Not only does he give you, you get wealth, but your debt ends with the prophet's reward. Health and healing. So you live in good health. Long life is tied to good health, but you're healed too. You get healed too. It's the end of barrenness. Amen. End of barrenness where maybe you, 
you weren't producing any fruit or you couldn't have children. You stay hooked up to a prophet. You will have babies. I'm telling you. It's because it's the word. It's no, no kind of superstition or it happened to so-and-so. I ain't thinking about so-and-so. I'm telling you what the Bible says. You will conceive. You have to. Amen. Unless you, well, I was going to say unless you're old as Sarah, but she conceived too, didn't she? (laughs) Amen. Number four, um, you cannot be poisoned. If you eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. That's part of the prophet's reward. And the fifth thing is fruitfulness. Every Everything that your hand touch will prosper or you will be fruitful. You'll you'll see the fruits of your labor. You'll know that God is using you and you're not just doing nothing, but you'll see fruit to everything that you put your hand to. And so you will be fruitful. That's part of the, the prophet's reward. Amen. Hallelujah. And some good stuff. And see, that's why she got rich. Is because she obeyed the prophet. And this was the reward. I like the cannot be poisoned part. Amen. If you eat or drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. Amen. God is always showing us how, to, how much we need to walk in unity. But we need to listen. Amen. And what's the answer to walking in unity? What is the answer? Because there's got to be an answer to everything. It's walking in love. Love. The love walk. Agape love. Amen. Agape love. Hallelujah. God is trying to unify the church. And I believe he tried to unify the church, giving them different gifts. Different gifts can unify people. It can start arguments, too. My gift is better than yours, and I'm of the top two. I don't know which I, one I am. I'm the top two. It can start conflict, but it can also, it can, but different gifts can also unify the church. So let's go to, back to 1 Corinthians, 12th chapter. And I'm hoping that the Lord will show us. How different gifts can unify the church. Hallelujah. 12 verse 4. And it says, there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Um, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another uh, gifts of healing by the same spirit. So God is continually telling us it's by the same spirit. But he's showing us how diverse gifts are in a church. Amen. Very diverse. Uh, let's see. I went to 11. Let's see. So God's given diversity to the church, but from the same spirit. Diversity of activities. And as a body, 
we must not covet the gifts because these gifts belong not to us personally not each person personally but for the body's use amen in other words and i think i said that before but in other words to help to encourage and to enhance and so each person is supposed to use their gift to enhance another person right Okay, so let's drop down to, well, I want to read. Did I read this 12 before? I read, I read 12. Yeah, I think I did. Uh-huh. Uh, when I first started out, I went from 12 to something. So let's drop down to 29, which I think I may have done that one too. Well, let's do, let's see. Let's do 26. It says, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Amen. Why? Because we're all necessary parts. So when one person is is lifted up, you're lifted up too. You ever you ever been in a situation where you were very integral in what happened and your name didn't get mentioned? I've been like that a, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. And the first thing you do, because I think I mentioned to somebody, say, hey, what happened to my name? You know, did they remember me? And God was showing me one time. He says, you know what? He says, each body each each part could not have functioned and got that um how what am i trying to say if you hadn't have been involved whether your name got mentioned or not or whether you had a small part to play or a large the accolades wouldn't have been given to that person if you hadn't have done what you did so you have to just know and understand that you were involved and that your part was just as important as it's just like I'll give you an example of what I'm trying to say. You know how it is when people go to the Oscars or whatever. I don't look at that stuff no more for obvious reasons. But you know how it is when a one movie, uh, movie get the best movie or whatever. And then one person that played in the movie, he's the star. He gets an Oscar. Nobody else gets it. But you have you ever noticed all those people go up on that stage? And if they don't go up willingly, that person will call those people up. Because he knows that if each person or each character in that movie, if they hadn't done a, a, a superb job, then they would not have gotten that Oscar. He wouldn't have got that Oscar. Because each person that's in that movie, the good job that they do bounces off another person and makes another person's part even more effective. I hope I'm saying that right. So in other words, this is a joint effort when a movie get an Oscar. And if it's not the best movie, because, you know, they have all these different categories. So maybe it don't get the, the best movie of the year. Well, the the leading man, let's just say Cliff, whoever, Cliff Robertson, yeah, he's dead, but somebody that's alive now. I don't even know who the good actress, let's say Denzel, because he's still good. And he he gets a, a, a Emmy or a, a nomination. He gets the Oscar. Then it's still a reflection on everybody that was in that movie. Because if everybody hadn't worked their hearts out, his part would not have been noticed. 
And that just goes to show you the importance of every person here, every person. You know, I'm not trying to put down anybody or build anybody up higher. I'm just saying that this is how God looks at this is, you know, as the, at the body of Christ. We're all different functioning parts working together to um, get the will of God done. And so this is how a movie gets noticed. It may be this, the, what's those people that um, work under you? Okay, yeah, that's, I did ask that question, but I didn't mean that. The, okay, like the, the, not the main character, but, well, the supporting person. That's what I meant to ask. That person that's the supporting actor or actress. If sometimes they super exceed the, the main character. But the main character, have you ever noticed when that person gets best supporting actress, that actor who has that top name usually gets the Oscar too because that supporting person makes his his character even more, stand out even more. Letting us know it's a joint effort. It's never just, you know, dependent on one person or it's never... Um, you know what I'm trying. It takes everybody. And then some people even, I think this is why they even go so far as to give these uh, awards to the set directors and those people and directors and those people because it takes a team. Somebody told me today it takes a village to raise a mom. <laughs> it takes a village. You know, it takes a village to raise a kid. Some children it does, you know. Amen. But the, the behind the scenes is just as important because if you didn't have a good director, producer, um, that kind of thing, you, your character is only going to be as good as they created. Amen. And so I just believe in this hour, God is wanting us to understand these things. We know these things, but we need to be reminded because we live in a, a crucial time. Amen where it's very important to stay in sync with who God called you to be and with who. Amen. So let's see. I think we read 29 through 31. Did we? No. I don't think we did. I need to do that. Okay. I think we did 20. Well, let's go to 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles. And what I want to say is these people are set people. Amen. That's what the Bible refers them as set people. You're, you're, you're set or appointed. That means set. And an apostle is a sent one. So first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, and variety, uh, varieties of tongues. Amen. So let's see. 29 says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, question mark, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? 
but earnestly desire the best gift. And yet I show you a more excellent way. So if you desire the best gift, you got to know what the best gift is. And it ain't profit like everybody think. Oh, you know, I, I'm at the top two, apostle and prophet. That's the top two. But the Bible says here that the, the desire, the best gift, the best gift is love. Love is the more excellent gift to be able to walk in love. And I'm just going to read, uh, go into chapter 13. I'm going to read the first two or three. And it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become like sounding brass or clanging cymbals. And although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And in the, I think it's the. Um, message translation says you're shipwrecked. I never forgot that too. I don't want to be shipwrecked. Verse 3 says, and although I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself or be puffed up. Um, does not have rude, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. We all need some work on that one, don't we? I know I do. Hallelujah. But it says love never fails. Hallelujah. I think I left. I'll go to six. It says, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there is prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Everybody don't know that. All prophets don't know that, especially those kitchen prophets. You know, they want to know, they know your address, your, your sign, um, all of that other stuff. You know what I'm saying. It says, but, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Amen. It says, for now, verse 12, we set in a mirror. We see, I'm sorry, we see in a mirror dimly. But then then face to face, and it's, it's just saying we have a blurred reflection in the beginning. Like looking in a glass. But we start to see when face to face. Now I know in part. But I, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. So love is the more excellent gift, is the most ex, and guess what? It doesn't cost us anything. Amen. When we, uh, start to love one another we'll be on one accord and we'll really get some some uh 
work done for God. And this is all about working effectively for God. We must be a unified body to see his will, not ours, but his will be done. Why? Because we're living in the last days. Everybody say that, but do they really understand what that means? It's harvest time. That's what we need to say more than last days. The last days could last a thousand years. Amen. So we need to get on on board. Not that we're not. I'm just talking about the church in general need to get on board and really uh, challenge ourselves to do what God has told us to do. Amen. So if you have faith to the faith of a mustard seed, have not loved your shipwreck. It takes love to be a unified body, and love never fails. Amen? All right, we're done. So, Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We just thank you, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, for people who are here, intercessors who do a great work for you year after year. And, Lord, we want to see your glory. We want to please you, Father. We want to do what we're supposed to do. So that we'll see um, everything that you've promised us and more. And so we thank you, Father, that you allow us and you're allowing us to put in a sickle and see harvest souls. And we thank you, Lord, for whatever comes with it, however you want to bless us, we'll receive it. We thank you for Amos 9.13. We thank you for the blessings. We thank you for everything that you're doing, Lord, and we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. And, Father, I just pray for Sheree, and, Lord, we just thank you for healing. Amen, Lord. We thank you for healing her 100%. Make her whole 100% in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just thank and praise you for what you're doing. Lord, I pray over uh, Pat and her cousin that they get to alabama safely nothing missing or broken and lord i just thank you for peace i pray for jasmine today lord and i just thank you for uh, her having a, a safe party and lord we just thank you in every way bless you and we give you all the honor and glory in jesus mighty name amen and praise god hallelujah